0: welcome back to Purpose Driven in Christ. This message is entitled, Worship in Spirit and Truth. So worship is so important. If you've listened to any of my previous podcasts, you probably heard me mention worship and how important it is to worship when we want to be in the presence of the Lord. And also worship is a way of glorifying God. So I decided to just have a podcast on worship where we could just focus on worship. And one of the things I know is that worship starts in the heart because our heart is what truly focuses us on worship. And worship is not just singing, listening to music, It starts with what we meditate on, what we choose to adore. So the definition of worship is to show reverence and adoration for a deity, um, to show honor. A lot of times it's connected with um, religious rites, but we know the word worship means it can mean more than just connecting to uh, religious activity because Some of the synonyms of worship include reverence, cherish, honor, adore, praise, glorify, exalt, cherish, treasure, admire, esteem, idolize. So anything can literally be that in our lives, depending on how we allow it to be that in our lives. But God truly wants us to worship Him. And this is something that starts in our heart. It, when we decide that he is going to be our everything, our Lord, we can truly start to worship Him and we can worship Him in spirit and truth. So John 4:24 indicates God is spirit, and those who worship him, ...must worship in spirit and truth. So he's indicating our worship must be spirit and truth. This means that there has to be this this level of being authentic in our worship. I remember there was a time when I would worship in church. This is before I started my relationship with Christ when I was like going through the motions of just like going to church, but not really connecting in my relationship with Jesus. So I would just, I would go, I would be clapping. I would just be in the motions of it. But my mind was so far from focusing on God. I was, I was into the beat of the music. I was into the whole element of what was happening but I was not worshiping God. My mind was not on who God is to me, his sovereignty, his deity, how amazing he is, how he wants to be Lord over my life. Those thoughts were not part of my thoughts at that time. I was probably thinking of what I wanted to eat when I left. Um, I was thinking of activities. I was literally in the flesh during worship time my mind and my heart were not connected to what was happening and so this is why we have to really get to the root of the matter when we're in a place of worship we can say we worship but we were really worshipping what, what what we were thinking about that could be anything you could be at a service and it's a worship moment And you could be thinking about football, or you can be thinking about what you wanna eat or cleaning your home. And so this is why we have to get back to the heart of the matter because we will always have distractions. And then we have to be reminded of the distraction of others when we truly wanna worship in spirit and in truth because the Holy Spirit might be lead, leading us to lift our hands and to truly surrender and honor God in all of our focus and our hands and everything, right? So our flesh might tell us, no, don't lift your hands. Somebody might look at you. That's the flesh, right? So that that's the enemy trying to get us to minimize our worship to the Lord. And this is not to indicate how you should worship God, but I do believe a lot of people minimize their their worship because of what others might think of the way they're led to worship. This is why God, he indicated worship in spirit and truth. If your spirit is leading you to raise your hands, raise your hands, even if you're the only person If your spirit is leading you to go to the floor, go to the floor. If he, whatever it is, because this is the spirit and truth that he's talking about. This is what makes it personal. But if we're so concerned about what is this going to look like when I'm the only one or there's just a few of us doing this, this is why it's a personal relationship and this is why I always get back to the root of the matter a lot of people don't worship in spirit and in truth because they're concerned with what others might think about their focus and attention to the Lord. And for some people, you know, you might just need to close your eyes when you go into that place and posture of worship so that you're not distracted by those around you. Because what the enemy will do is that he will prompt other people around you to make you feel uncomfortable by them not even singing or budging. And so now you have this this antichrist spirit around, and I'm not saying that anyone has the antichrist spirit, but this is how the enemy operates. He does not want people to be free in worship. He wants people to be scared. He wants people to be fearful. He wants people to be concerned about stuff that has nothing to do with God. And then that way you feel bound. So you go into church feeling the same way that you leave church, nothing has changed because we have not focused our thoughts onto the Lord to worship him. And so this is this is the part that we really have to ask ourselves, do we feel free to worship him anytime? Or do we feel like we're restricted? Are you at a place where you don't feel like you can freely worship because it's restricted? And we, we have freedom to lift our, our hands if we want to, but it's if you, if we truly feel comfortable enough to do it without being concerned about others. Now, the beautiful part is that we don't have to wait until we get to a worship service at church. We can worship God in spirit and in truth at our homes, in the privacy of our homes, our vehicles, while we're walking. We can truly make him the focal point as long as we want to make him the focal point and just worship him and thank him and give him reverence. One of the things I notice is that when we worship God and we worship him to the point where there's tears flowing, we know that there has been. some sort of encounter or presence that we're experiencing when we're at that place of worship and like I said, everyone is different but when we get to that place that means we truly have blocked out everything else we're experiencing his presence, his love and we know that we are truly focusing our thoughts on him and that is spirit and in truth And so we really wanna get to a place where we make it personal. So if you're at home, you have as much time as you want to worship. You're not on a program or a schedule for a service. If you wanna just go in and worship him, you have the freedom to do that. One of the things that the enemy wants to do is influence our flesh not to worship. So if we ever feel that we don't wanna worship, that we don't want to listen to worship music or anything that's glorifying God. We know that that is from the enemy. God wouldn't want you to not want to worship him. So anytime you feel like you don't want to do that, that is the enemy influencing your flesh to not want to worship. If you're feeling more if you're feeling more of a desire to listen to music that doesn't have anything to do with God, but re- you feel reluctant to listen to music that's worshiping God, that's the flesh. And in order to address that, we have to crucify the flesh. We have to deny the flesh and we have to press forward even when the flesh doesn't want to do it. We have to just start playing the worship music and singing and thinking God and making it about God even when your flesh doesn't want to do it. Because when you start to do it and take authority over what your flesh is wanting to do at that moment, now the enemy is, is he, he's going to, he's going to flee one because now you're talking about Jesus. Now you're making your focus on God and the power that he's trying to have on his life, on your life is becoming minimized because now you're focusing on the Lord because through worship, a lot of things can happen. Through worship, God can heal our hearts. He can uproot anxiety, depression, worry, because we're focusing our thoughts on Him and not the situation. And that's through worship. And worship is not all about just singing and praising, but it's really about focusing our thoughts and our heart on Him. This can happen wherever we are. And when we're focusing on Him, He naturally flows out of us in our conversations and what we think about. So if we're in a place of worshiping God, we think about the positive. We think about what would God want me to do in this situation? How would he feel about this? We think about, um, you know, when we start to think about God, it brings a smile to our face. It makes us happy, it makes us joyous. And this is the beautiful part of worship. So now you can see why the enemy doesn't want us in worship, why he wants churches to be dead, and not just teaching, but even worship. He doesn't want worship present, you know, with the presence of the Lord, because when the presence of the Lord is, wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. The enemy does not want us to be free. He wants us to be bound. So if we can walk into a church the same way, defeated, feeling depressed, feeling hopeless, and walk out feeling the same way, the devil feels like he has won because that's what he wants us to be. He wants us to be in a place of feeling, um, feeling down, feeling hopeless, feeling in bondage. But with worship, it frees us in spirit and truth. It frees us. And when we know the truth, we start to operate differently, not just know it, but know it and move forward in it. And so if we know that worship is important, we will worship, but if we minimize it, we will stay in a place of being very fleshly. We will be led by our flesh. We will make decisions that are not honoring God because we're not worshiping God with our minds, with our thoughts, with our bodies, our actions. Worship is very important in our journey. And if you feel like you're not worshiping the way you want to at your local church, that's fine. Ask the Lord what he would want you to do because maybe he's saying, I need your worship to start at home. That he wants the worship to start in the privacy of your home so he knows it's authentic so that there's no time limit to it. And then those who have families and children, that they can witness the worship worship and also join in on the worship. So if they're dealing with anxiety, if they're dealing with fear, if they're dealing with depression, they can experience the presence of the Lord through the worship. When you play worship music as well, you're also reducing opportunities to be in strife how can you be in the presence of the Lord and want to be in strife and arguing at the same time? It cancels that. With the presence of the Lord is, there's freedom. And this is why the enemy doesn't want us to worship. When we worship God, so much can happen. And this is why I keep repeating it, because it's powerful. And I want everyone to experience the presence of the Lord on a regular basis. You shouldn't have to just go to church to experience that. You can do that in your home. You can usher that in your home. You can worship him and he can just fill your heart and just even fill the atmosphere with his presence to the point where people feel peace when they come to your home. But when you when you allow your home to be full of strife and full of the things of what the enemy would want. We're literally saying this is what we're choosing over God. But when we know better, we will do better. If we choose to do better and better in what we know would bring God glory in our thoughts and our actions and how we worship him. So I want to, you know, one of the things I want to, you know, bring reference to is that we can worship things that have nothing to do with God and have no time limit on it. And we we have no fear of how we would look. I'm just going to give an example. So say like you're at a football game, your favorite team is playing and they score, they get a touchdown and you're happy, you're yelling, you're jumping up, you're worshiping your team, you're worshiping your favorite player, your arms are going up, you're yelling. And you're not concerned if anybody else is looking at you yelling, standing, worshiping. And so now it's two hours in and you're, you're watching your favorite team and it goes into overtime. You have no concern about the overtime because this is what has your attention. This is what your idol is. This is what you have. Um, this is this is what you're uh, cherishing at the moment. And so, when it comes to God, it seems like there's so much restriction. It's the question is how long is your service? If if it's if it's longer than an hour, it's a concern. This is the flesh, right? Because you know God wouldn't be talking like that. God wouldn't be wanting to to uh, minimize a service. So we want everything really short when it comes to God, but anything that entertains us, we can do it for hours and hours at a time and not think anything of it. But when it comes to God, we want time limits. We want restraints. This is all the enemy's work, because God's not God's not gonna restrain you from worshiping him. Think about it. But the enemy, will, he will influence the flesh to seek after entertainment and find that to be better than worshiping God. And that's what the flesh wants. So we know we can worship, but it's what we choose to worship. And so it's all about replacing it because if if you know you can worship football or fashion or makeup or whatever the case is, money, investments, and you can get excited and yell and scream when you know, your stock went up or whatever. You can get excited when you know, something went on sale at the mall and and call everyone and just be happy. We can worship God the same way and even more so. But we have to ask ourselves what is leading us. Whatever is leading us the most is what we are going to worship. If God is leading us, we're going to worship God. And if we And if you want to just even start practicing, just worshiping, just start like in the morning, play a worship song, songs that are truly edifying God and putting the focus on him, not on us, but on him. When you have songs that focus on God and who he is to us, it will really take your heart to a different place. And whatever you will feeling, whatever you felt or had you know experienced regarding um heaviness sadness you will start to see that get uprooted but the focus needs to be on God and he will do a great thing in your heart through that you might have uncontrollable joy and a heart of gratitude you might start singing. And even if you don't have music to play, say like you're just not you chose not to play music, that's fine. You can create music, you can sing to him, you can just thank the Lord in spirit and in truth. That's the authentic part of it. It's a personal communication and worship with him. And it this is not restricting anything to music or instruments. This is all about our heart and what we choose to focus on in our heart. And so I encourage you to really think about what you're listening to, even in your vehicle. Are you listening to music that's edifying God? You have opportunities to worship God in your vehicle. And when you walk in your home, is the first thing you turn on um, television for background noise or do you think to turn on worship music and say, you know what, I'm not going to watch the news. I'm not going to watch anything that's going to rev up the flesh. I'm going to watch, or I'm, I'm going to listen to worship music to set an atmosphere and really put the focus on God right now. And I, if, if, you're, if you're dealing with any type of strife in your home right now or chaos, I encourage you to do that on a regular basis and just play it. Just set the atmosphere and you will notice a difference. You will notice your flesh. It will will start to challenge your flesh and there will be a calmness that will come upon you. So God wants our heart. He wants our everything. He wants our worship. I'm going to read a scripture from Revelation 7, 9 through 12. So this is in regards to the angels worshiping. After these things, I looked and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice saying, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels stood around the throne and the elders and the four living creatures and fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen. Blessings and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So that is just a reminder just even how the angels worship God. I'm just so encouraged to know that God loves us so much and he has created us for his glory. And this is to glorify him in all areas of our life. He wants our heart. He wants our mind, our attention, our focus, our worship. So Be encouraged and reminded that we can truly change what our focus is when we allow the Holy Spirit to lead in our lives and we don't give place to the enemy and we just go into a place and say, God, I want to worship you and I'm going to worship you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you so much for just choosing us, loving us, giving us an opportunity to worship you in spirit and truth, giving us an opportunity to search our hearts and our minds and our actions and to surrender all of that unto you. We come to a place of repentance, wanting to just change the way we've done things and turn back to you and focus our attention, our thoughts, our worship, our praise onto you, Lord, where we're focusing on you and not on other things, that we allow you to do a good thing in us, in our hearts, while we worship you and allow your presence to change us, Lord. We thank you, Lord, we magnify you, You are so worthy to be praised. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you all, be encouraged and reminded that there is nothing impossible with God.